Join Gator great Shane Matthews every weekday as he brings you all you need to know about your Florida Gators, including news, analysis, and opinions with some of the biggest names in sports. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Or watch us live at 8 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Good morning. And you're looking live at Pot Up with Matthews in the morning from the Crime Prevention Security System Studios. Large enough to serve you, small enough to care. It's uh, We got a JC lined up. We'll talk a lot of sports. We'll also have Seth take over in about 30 minutes or so. Um, if you missed it, Gator sweep Sienna in baseball. And Jack Cagnon just is on a tear like I've never seen. 13 home runs in 18 games, 3-0 and as a pitcher. Uh, also, uh, the brackets are out. We will have a bracket challenge. Uh, hopefully, we can post it on our website or on the Facebook Live website and all that stuff uh, today. Uh, Gators are in the NIT. They are hosting the UCF Knights. They win that game. They either play the Oregon Ducks or the UC Irvine Anteaters. That's and, cool. um, so, JC, you're on the Titan yeah. Ohio line. How you yeah, doing? I'm I'm glad. I'm glad they're they're still playing basketball and uh, UCF. That'll be a fun game to watch. I mean, it's a it's a highway rivalry, right? So uh, good for them. Uh, they got into the NIT, of course, and then of course we had the selection show yesterday, QB. And of the four regions, I'm going to say in my mind the Midwest region appears to me at least as being the most difficult to get through. Um, I certainly did not uh, or was not surprised at the top four seeds of the tournament with Kansas, Alabama, and um, Kansas, Alabama, Purdue, and uh, who am I – oh, um, who am I leaving out? Uh, shoot. Um, but at any rate, Purdue, let's see, Kansas, Alabama, and Houston, Houston Cougars. So they – the Houston Cougars are the top seed in the Midwest. I consider that the toughest because you've got Texas on the other side of that bracket at number two is the number two seed. In the SEC, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that got in. So, uh, you know, I think that's a pretty good representation for the conference, QB. I thought I thought the conference got eight teams in. Did I miss somebody? I I, I have uh, Alabama, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, Missouri, Texas A and M. And Auburn, who, who am I forgetting? Did, did Mississippi maybe, maybe it is. State? I don't know. I, I don't I think Mississippi State, Mississippi State didn't yeah, play. Yeah, they're in. They're in the play-in game. They're in the play-in game. Sorry. There you go. They're in the play-in game. That's right. So that's eight. Good job, QB. So yeah. um, so that's um, that's pretty darn good. I, I think that's a great representation of the uh, of the conference. And hey, let's hope. I'm rooting for all the SEC teams to win. I, I want to see them play deep um and i think uh you know what we saw in the sec tournament yesterday was pretty much expected although i didn't know they could beat the a&m by 19 points but uh, alabama had a great tournament and they get rewarded with birmingham followed by potentially louisville in the sweet 16 as their sites to play has alabama ever been the number one overall seed in basketball no 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 so no you, way. you decide to wear all your alabama stuff well today. come on i mean number one seed bro 
and and look, that's that region, the South region, is um, I think it's very doable for them. You've got uh, in that region the number two seed is Arizona, okay, and then Baylor's the number three seed. You know, I, I don't know if they were the best team in the Big Twelve. I don't think so. So um, yeah, I think that's a doable region for Alabama to get deep. I mean, we, really deep into you know into Louisville. And uh, that's not a bad trip for fans to take. So, sure, yeah, Birmingham should get through that, and then off we go. But, uh, you know, for the SEC, I, I, I feel bad for Tennessee, but not really. And then, um, you know, you've got uh, Missouri. Looks pretty dangerous. Uh, they'll be in the uh, south region as well, playing Utah State as the seventh seed. you got Auburn playing Iowa as a 9-8 matchup in the Midwest. A&M's going to play Penn State as a 7-10 matchup in the Midwest. And then in the West, which I think is the second toughest region, you got Arkansas at eight playing Illinois. And, you know, that's going to be difficult because, um, uh, you know, Arkansas is going to then end up playing, if they win, the top-seeded team, which would be, I guess, Kansas. So after that, you got Auburn as an 8-9 matchup as well. Auburn would play Iowa. And then if they win, they get to jump on the Houston Cougars. That's not going to be easy either. So eight nine yeah. is one of those spots where you, you don't want to be if you, uh, but hey, they're in, so they got a chance. Look at it that way. Yeah, uh, Andy says asked here on Facebook Live uh, if I had any uh, sleepers or upsets. Uh, I think I I think last year I, my my pick was San Diego State the Jackrabbits. Um, my, South, by the way, by the South way, we, Dakota, we that's South Dakota State. What did I call them? San Diego State. They're the Aztecs. They're the Aztecs. Well, because I'm writing down San Diego State right now. That's why. Yeah, yeah the Jackrabbits. Okay. I love the Jackrabbits, but they're not yeah. this year. That's right. Um, but I will say this: my my preseason uh, pick is still alive. We'll see yeah. how they play in the tournament. The Blue Jays yeah. are crazy. Um, that's right. That's so right. They. I think they open up they, with. They got NC State. NC State Wolfpack. Yeah, that's that's going to be a good game to watch. And uh, they're five-and-a-half-point favorites. And then if they win, they'll play the Baylor-UC Santa Barbara one. Ooh, okay. Uh, also, also, my other two – these are my sleeper teams. I, obviously, I got Creighton, so I can't get off the bandwagon like you you would be getting off of them. Um, but they're in the dance. I think Oral Roberts can cause some problems. I think San yeah. Diego State, I think they're a five seed. And then yep. Missouri – and Missouri's my other one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Athletes all over the court, right? And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think um, I think that's good. Those are good sleepers, um, certainly. I, I like uh, I like TCU as a potential sleeper. They're the sixth seed. Uh, TCU would then, if they win, end up playing either Gonzaga or Grand Canyon. Gonzaga's a three seed in the um, in the West. So I mean, that works out for them, I suppose. And uh, I also think um, if UCLA gets healthy, they're not a sleeper. They're a high seed, but they are a dangerous, dangerous team if they can get those guards back. I think Iowa State could be scary as a six seed, and, uh, you know, you're just going down the list. Um, but I, think I, like that, co- I like College of Charleston, too. Look out for them. Why do you like them? They're a good team, JC. They're a good team. <laughs> okay. Well, they're in the tournament, QB. That that's, that's well. They won their conference. They're thirty and three. They beat some big boys throughout the year. They're, they're here's they're one. Here, here's a true sleeper. I don't know if they'll get through the second round, but Florida Atlantic, FAU well, is going to play. What, uh, Greg on Facebook Live just put FAU at yeah. thirty one. F- uh, FAU. 31, are they thirty one and three? Yeah, it's a crazy 
good record. Um, they, they beat uh, you. They killed UAB in their their conference championship game. They're rewarded by playing the Memphis Tigers, and then should they get through that, they get Purdue and those skyscrapers that Purdue has. Um, so tough, tough order of business there for our Owls. But the Owls have had a great year, and the Owls are justifiably in the tournament. So I like that. Um, you know, other than that, I don't know about USC, Michigan State, these teams. And I don't know how many teams the Big Ten get. They tend to get a lot for some reason. I'm not sure why. But um, the, the, the committee loves Big Ten for some reason. But maybe they didn't get as many this year. So I'd have to I'd have to count it. But to me, it's the um, the easiest bracket is the East. The toughest is the Midwest. Second toughest is the West. And then I guess the South. All right. Well, we're going to have a bracket challenge, and it will be posted later today. Uh, I don't know if Jared has it on there now. I think Phil's taking care of that. But we'll have it, and we'll give away some prizes as well. So you got to have your bracket filled out. I guess by Thursday, I guess the Tuesday-Wednesday games don't really matter. Uh, I don't think those count in the point systems. I have, it usually works, J.C., I can't remember. Uh, I, yeah, the playing games, to me, I, I don't think they do. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Daryl says here uh, on the Titan MR text line, says, good morning, guys. JC, no offense to you, but I hope Alabama gets put out of the tournament early because yeah. of the off-the-court issues with Brandon Miller. Okay. Well, I guess everybody's made their mind up without a jury and trial and all that. But, uh, look, again, the DA hasn't charged them with anything. That is a fact. So go with that as you will. We got another text here on the Titan and Mark text line from Daniel. Um, he says, Shane, I don't care what you say about TPC. I'm here at the players watching Speed hitting his third, fourth, and fifth shot from the rough on hole two. Yeah. This course is not a cakewalk. If you watch the PGA Tour, you'd know they are trying to make this the fifth major, not Bay Hill. Masters-like coverage and details. Heck, we've even got Mike Tarico on the call. Tell me that doesn't say something. All right, Daniel, with all due respect, they've always said this is the fifth major. And Mike Tarico works for NBC, who covers the players every year. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, they can make that course a lot harder than it is. Yeah, uh, I was there. I saw I, the rough didn't seem that punitive to me. It's one of those courses where if, you, if you're okay with peak die designs, then you're going to be fine. You kind of get into the, the, the feel of the course you know, Sheffer's only played this tournament three times, QB. And here he is on his third try shooting 69 on Sunday, 65 on Saturday, and then 69 and 68. He was 17 under. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't want to see the winner at 17 under. Now, now granted, he, he, he was great. And, you know, let's face it, the, the course did give a lot of people problems. There's no doubt about it. But these scores, um, you know, I guess you could say, look, there's only four guys that were in minus double-digit figures, Hogue, Hoblin, Hatton, and Scheffler. Everybody else was below double digits. Um, but it, it, it played okay. I mean, the wind was there on some, in some cases for some guys, and then some guys got lucky and didn't have to deal with the wind. Yeah. And, um, you know, that just depends on when you're when you're playing certain holes. Uh, wind will give you trouble on 17, as we know. It will also give you trouble on a bunch of other holes. 
But that's really the only defense I see on that course, QB, is the wind. Uh, the greens were fast, but these guys aren't afraid of that. And so they know how to hold those greens, and they know how to shoot, um, you know, low scores with fast greens. That's no big deal. Uh, so, yeah, um, you know, a lot of scores that were not as good as you would expect. But Scheffler was great. And, you know, I think the two of us now both picked the eventual winners in two tournaments thus far this year. So between the two of us, we've picked four winners out of, I don't know, what, 12 tournaments? So yeah. that's yeah. pretty damn good. Yes, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, good job, JC. You picked the winner, Scotty Scheffler. You had two guys in the top 10, him and Victor Hovland. Yeah. I had two top 10 finishers, Sunjay Yim and Max Homa. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, back to back to TPC, it, it's such a great layout. And it's and these cat these kids overpower. There's only so much land they can't yeah. they can't lengthen some of the holes. Yeah. What they can do, Let's grow the grass. I mean, if if I was running that tournament, but again, you got to remember that that people, the average golf fan, golfer, or the fan wants to see birdies, 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 birdies. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the other way around. I like to see them struggle in the really yeah. good tournaments. I would grow the rough up and bring the fairways in because if yep. the wind does not blow, they're going to eat these things alive. Eat it alive. Eat them alive. And, you know, as case in point, the rough was where Scheffler found his ball on number two on Saturday and he chips it in for Eagle. I mean, if it was sitting that far down in the rough, I don't know if he chips it in for Eagle. So, um, yeah, it, 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 the 18 is one of the hardest finishing holes in golf. We know that. Um, and if the wind's blowing, especially from the east, it can take you into the lake, no question. But when you're up by five strokes, it's not a hard hole all of a sudden, is it? And <laughs> that's the point, is that if you're up by five going into the last few holes, there's no drama there. That They can play those holes with, with uh, four irons. So, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, we got a text here on the Tigermore text, text line from Jim. Jim says – Shane, what is your gut uh, gut feeling on who the Carolina Panthers are going to take with the first yeah. overall? Yeah. Uh, the more people, the more people that I've talked to are here. I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud. Yeah, that's who I think. Or, or Bryce Young. Right. I do not think it's going to be because uh, what they what the, a couple of these people said. Yeah, people are enamored with Anthony, but you can't hope that that pick works out. You have no. to see a guy who's actually been yes. an efficient thrower. So we'll see. Right. It's still very. I mean, he'll be in the top five, I would think. Seattle. I, mean, I think. I, I think five, I, five, four quarterbacks can go in the top five. Yeah, and and I'm going to stay with my prediction. Number five to the Seahawks. There you go. He's going to he's going to stand on the sideline and watch Geno Smith, who just signed a big deal in Seattle, a big contract for two years, and he's going to work under with Geno Smith and Pete Carroll. And I mean, for Anthony Richardson, that would be a I think a dream come true. You got one of the, you got a Hall of Fame coach and you've got a quarterback that just signed a, a big contract who's going to play, but you can learn from. I, I think Geno Smith, you know, is, is a pretty good guy, good quarterback, and Seattle will do fine. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. So that's a good, that's a good destination in my mind for a guy like Anthony Richardson. Number five, Seattle. We'll see what happens, but uh, I, I can Andy, be wrong. I can be very wrong about that. 
Yeah, either Raiders or Blair probably. Uh, Andy says, what if the Bucks bring in Baker Mayfield? Can Trask still beat him out to be the starter? Uh, I haven't followed what's going on there. Is is Blaine Gabbert still on, under contract? I, I don't know. I, I think he might be, yeah. they got to have somebody under contract. I even heard uh, rumors of a return to Jameis Winston uh, back to Tampa. Um, so we'll we'll see how that works out. Do you even know um, who the, the offensive I, coordinator is? In I Tampa? Don't. No, yeah. not in Tampa because Byron was fired. So I'm not sure. I will tell you there's there was a trade. Uh, there's going to be a big trade we'll hear about. Um, the Dolphins are spending the money. The Rams are freeing up cap space to get rid of Jalen Ramsey, who's very happy to be coming back to the state of Florida where his family lives. So the Dolphins will get Jalen Ramsey in the defensive backfield, and the Rams will get a 2023 third-round pick. They'll unload some salary caps, create some more space, and they've got this tight end named Hunter Long in that deal for Ramsey. I don't know if the Rams got enough from him, but they, they've got to free up some cap space because the Rams were way over the salary cap, and that was by, by design to try to win a Super Bowl, which they did two years ago. But now they're, they were one of the worst teams in the league last year, so they paid the price. Um, the following year. So Greg and Andy both say Trask is the only quarterback under contract. For okay. The so uh, they that that tells me they are going to go sign somebody that's played football. Yeah. And I I've um, heard I've heard James might come back to Tampa. So. James Winston. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I've said all along that Trask would be a guy that lasts in the league, whether as a starter or not, just because he's that kind of guy. He's smart, accurate. The biggest thing that concerns me, and, and obviously that the I would say majority of the offensive people that were running the Bucks last year are no longer there, but they're the ones that drafted him. They never let him dress out, and that that concerned me. Right. Uh, he dressed he dressed yeah. one game in two years, and I just didn't understand that. So um, I didn't either. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Somebody also said that the uh, new OC loves him. Daniel says that. So that that's a good thing. That's, it's all about who you know uh, for the most part. Yeah, I'm hoping for the best, Kyle. I want him to play. I mean, this is this is the way his career has gone, isn't it? You sit and wait your turn, and uh, hopefully he'll get a shot. And we'll see if Tampa can, you know, be better on offense, for God's sakes. Speaking of offense, how about that baseball team? We had no, no surprise sweeping Siena. Cleet Hartzog, though, was pretty good pitching yesterday, and they won 12-2 to in seven innings. And they did what they were supposed to do against a very, you know, small team, Sienna. So I'm, I'm so fired up about the baseball team, I can't get over it. I don't know why. I, I just love the way they hit Well, the I think you court. can't get over because of what Jack Caglione is doing. Yeah. That, that to me, yeah. is the mo- one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in, in college athletics. Yeah. You know, but, but, but we have text here on the Titan MR text line you know, multiple from different people over the last couple of days and last week. I can't get to all the texts, but saying, mm-hmm. you know, they think this is just the same old, same old Gator really? baseball team because of I pitching, no. the bullpen, things of that nature. So oh. you're not going to know anything really about this team until you get into conference play because yeah. the, the SEC is a different world. So, JC, having said all that with all these texts, do yeah. you think – we got a three-part question here. Uh, oh this is uh, what is this? March thirteenth. <clears throat> ne- neither team has started conference play. I would think that softball starting conference play this weekend, and I should mm-hmm. know that, but um, I'm not home to to follow it. Uh, do you think a softball 
goes to OKC, B, baseball goes to Omaha, or C, both go, D, neither go? C. Both go. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, JC's on the JC's oh, on the bandwagon. Listen, I, I watched this baseball team last against Miami. I actually sat there and watched it for the first time this year. The way they attack at the plate is what I'm excited about. And I don't think the pitching in the SEC, as good as it is, is going to be good enough to quiet the, the, the bats of the Florida Gators. I think the Florida Gators offensively are as good as any team right now in the league. Now, I don't know if that's going to hold up. Usually you win with great pitching. I think Florida's pitching is is adequate. I think it's absolutely adequate. I don't worry about these midweek games. I worry about the weekends, and they have shown me a lot on the weekend. They can hit the ball out of any ballpark. They can that three run homers win you games, and they will hit a bunch of those this year. And that's why, you know, Walter also used to say he can he really doesn't have to do a whole lot of managing if 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 his team gets three run homers all the Who time. Who said that? Walter Austin. And, I thought and, that was like Sparky Anderson's line. No, that was Walter. Well, also the Dodgers, and oh. um, and you know we we'll sort of followed him. But I, I listen. I I just think that the Florida is going to be in every game because of how they could hit the baseball. Last year that did not that was not the case. This year they got they got ball guys who can smack it all over the place. And this Castiglione is the player I think most people have the most interest in because of what he's able to do on both the bump and what he's able to do in the batter's box. And Kyle Peterson told Jeff Cardozo flat out, that's the player of the year right there so far. So well, I mean, duh. No, I'm kidding. So why wouldn't you think the Gators are going to go big, uh, deep rather, in May, host a regional, and somebody on this show who watches us tried to wanted to bet me that they wouldn't get through a regional at home? Hell, yeah, they will. And then they're going to play a super regional at home. They're going to be one of the top eight seeds, folks. You watch. I'm all, I'm all in. I'm shoving my chips in like this, QB. It's going right. in. Celebration um, point. That's where the Gators go to celebrate with premium brands like Nike International Diamond Center, Dave & Buster's Bass Pro Shop, Regal Cinemas, Visors Rooftop, and HBC's Restaurant Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. We'll see you at Celebration Point where the Gators go to celebrate. A few more minutes with JC on the Titan tomorrow. Hotline. We got a text, one of the many. I, I just clicked on this one. It's from Larry. Larry, it's long, so I'm going to paraphrase. Yeah. He said, hey, guys, love the show. I'm a huge Gator. I'm just here to complain. How can <laughs> how, how can the Missouri Tigers in year one with a year one with their new coach right. make the tournament and here the Gators are playing in the NIT? Yeah, I mean – yeah, comparisons are hard. Um, I don't think he was the only first-year coach either. I think um, there was another one. But, yeah, I mean, Missouri had a good year. There's no doubt about it. They got some players. Um, I don't know if you mean Yeah, their, their coach, I can't think of his name, but he was a longtime Florida State assistant. Went yeah. to – it was either Cleveland State or one of those good places. Job. He did it well. And, um, he did very well. He did a good job. Missouri was Here's what he's got. He's got dudes. They fire up to three, and they make yeah. a lot of threes. And, that and they're big, difference. too. I think they're pretty big, too. Aren't they big? They got some good presence down know. low. I don't know. I all don't right. Know about all but that. I'll tell you who else is big. Josh Rivera hit a ball 450 feet yesterday, okay? That's what I'm talking about. You get guys like that out there, pitchers are scared to death. Where are we going to throw the guy? We're going to try to pick on the corners. We're going to go inside and back them off. I Josh Rivera hits the ball 441 feet, 450 feet. Yacht Langford, 
You got Cassie Leon. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's a fun team to watch, QB. But yeah, okay. We we, we this 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 is this is exactly who I thought it was before we go, JC. Tom uh, uh Tom and you know who Tom is. Uh Tom? he says, Tell Shane, tell JC it was Earl Weaver who had the famous for talking about the three run homer, not I Walter Aston. Austin. Austin. I thought it was Walter. Yeah, it was Earl Weaver. I remember that. All right, JC. Uh <laughs> we gotta get I don't know where are they playing in Tampa this week? Where do the where do the golfers go? Yeah, they're uh that's the um the Bows bar. Down at, it's in um, Tampa. Okay. It, it so we'll do our Peachland dental picks on Wednesday. We'll also do our bracket picks, our final four and all that stuff on Wednesday. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, follow follow our website and everything. Folks here, we'll get that that contest up and running uh, throughout the day. If not, we'll definitely have it up for tomorrow for y'all to fill out. So uh, we're going to take a timeout now. We're going to come back. Seth Harp will take over. JC, have a great day, my man. Okay. See you guys. That's JC joining us on the Titan MR hotline. Are you in the market to buy or sell your home? Darwin Weavey, a realtor with Caldwell Banker, MM Parisher. We're a value fast, friendly, reliable service. Give her a call at 352 562 1411 to help your dreams come true. Take a quick time out. Come back. Seth Harper joining. We want to take this moment to thank our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. Our premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Titan MRI, Gainesville's only locally owned and operated MRI facility. Meldon Law, the only official injury and accident law attorneys of the Florida Gators. Peaceland Dental, Gator Nation's first choice for dentistry in Port Charlotte. Comfort Temp, comfort is our business, peace of mind is our promise. Campus USA Credit Union. QC Kinetics, live pain-free with QC Kinetics. Dave and Busters, eat, drink, play, and watch. Our gridiron sponsors are Auto ER, UF Bookstores, Celebration Point Town Center, Chris Doring Mortgage, Silverback Concrete Co., Ruse Ogre State Farm Insurance, Doreen Wibby, Realtor, Caldwell Banker, M.M. Parish. Our touchdown sponsors are Adams Ribs, Gator Dominoes, Celebrate Primary Care, Gator Bait Media, Okito America, Style Cuts, Ironwood Golf Course, Big Mills Cheesesteak, McDonald's of Gainesville, 84 Lumber, Tropical Smoothie Cafe, Aver and Smith, Dowling Signs, Baker's Sporting Goods, Silver Q Billiards, and Sports Bar. If you're interested in promoting your business on the show, call Freddie at 352-284-3733. If you like what we're doing here, make sure to follow us and support the businesses that support us. Pro football legend Emmett Smith understands your joint pain. It does not surprise me that there are a ton of people out there that's in pain. That's why Emmett is such a proponent of QC Kinetics, offering real lasting joint pain relief with non-surgical, all-natural biologic treatments. Whether it's a joint pain, ankle pain, shoulder pain, neck pain, back pain, hip pain, any kind of pain, the body eventually will break down when it's under that much stress. That stress can cloud your judgment to the point that you'll just say yes to the scalpel or yes to another prescription of pain pills, but maybe it's time for a second opinion from QC Kinetics. The reason why I would recommend this is because the natural biologics that QC Kinetics is providing you gives your body a chance to naturally heal itself. Restorative regenerative solutions are here. Get lasting relief and live your life. Call QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. 445 450. 445 50. Seth Harp, Harp on Sports with you here on this Monday. Oh, uh, what do we have in store for you today on the program? JC's going to be sliding 
Momentarily. Well, we're getting some bad echo here, gang. Sorry, my apologies on this. Well, we're getting some bad echo here, gang. Sorry, my apologies on this. I think it's going away now. Okay. Sorry, guys. Uh, okay. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the show? Well, it's like this. Sorry, guys. I, okay. I look ahead, the NCAA tournament, how the SEC did, what the SEC this is one of these things, the, the more teams you get in, the more tricky it can become in the second round and beyond. The more tricky I look at it like this. Second round and beyond. Alabama, I look a lot to get through the first round. Other than that, a lot this. Everybody else is vulnerable. Other than that, everybody else is vulnerable. Iowa-Auburn. Oh, boy. War Eagle. That's going to be a tough matchup the way Iowa plays defense. is going to be high scoring. I look at, like, Mississippi State Pitt is a play-in game. Pitt was one of these teams that we thought was in that was a lot. Turns out, not so much. In that was a lot. Also, A and M Penn State. Penn State was one of the hottest teams in the country. One of the hottest teams in the country, and they get stuck with A and M, who A and M is one of these teams that you know finished second in the SEC, goes all the way to the SEC championship game. You circle back around with A and M, and they get stuck with a seven seed. Uh, Arkansas, Illinois. Congratulations, the winner of that gets Kansas. Uh, I told you about Bama. Bama's the only lock in the NCAA tournament in the first round. Then you have Missouri, Utah State. The winner of that gets Arizona. Tennessee, uh, <laughs> this is ridiculous. What's going on here? If Tennessee should win against Louisiana, they get Duke. In Kentucky and Providence, they get Kent State. So, I, I again, I look at the NCAA tournament and how it laid itself out for the Southeastern Conference. This is one of these things where, you know, you're proud and you're excited that you got this many teams in. A decade ago, the SEC got four teams. A decade ago, the SEC got four teams in this thing. Now you're up to one, two, three, what are you up to? Eight? Tied for the second most. So that shows you the effort and the time that went in to building this conference. Was it Mike Trangisi that they brought in for the Big East about a decade ago. It's about a decade ago now. What eight years ago to revamp this conference, to rebuild this conference, and a decade later they're sitting there. Are they the best conference in the country? No, I think the Big Twelve was the best conference this year. But I think you can make a case that the SEC and the Big Ten were neck and neck. The SEC has the number one overall seed. But this is going to be interesting because a lot of these teams fall within that 6 to 11 region, don't they? Or 6 to 10 region. You have Alabama who is dominant, then everybody else is down there in that that third tier. There's not really a second tier that's that third tier. And Tennessee may be the most vulnerable of all. So again, when it came out last night, you know, the bracket's cool. I get it. You want to fill it out. You want to look at matchups. I always tell people, you know, when it comes to this, you got to look at Vegas odds. Don't look at seeding. Seeding is irrelevant. Look at odds. Look at matchups. And again, I, I'm not going to go through and fill out a bracket. I don't want to bore you to death here. But 10 years ago, a decade ago, the SEC made it a point 
that their basketball overall as a conference was in bad shape. I mean, you had Florida, Kentucky were at the top, and then that was about it. And there are years that the SEC champ would be the four seed or the five seed in the the NCAA tournament. Alabama rose to the top, and now you have a pretty solid conference. Now, uh, some people think that Vanderbilt got burned. Guys, look, every conference gets somebody that doesn't get in. Oklahoma State didn't get it out of the Big 12. Rutgers didn't get it out of the Big 10. Vandy didn't get it out of the SEC. There's always a – Oregon didn't make it out of the Pac-12. Every year there's a conference that gets burned. Every year. So, there you go. Every team. There, there's a majority of these things. So, again, I, I without looking at individual breakdowns, just to give you a little bit of a heads up, uh, Alabama will roll. You know, Missouri takes on Utah State. The winner of that gets Arizona. Tennessee takes on Louisiana. The winner of that's going to get Duke. Kentucky Providence, the winner of that's going to get Kansas State. Arkansas, is that Arkansas, Illinois, the winner of that is going to get Kansas. Uh, A&M, Penn State, the winner of that's going to get Texas. Mississippi State, Pitt, it's a play-in game. The winner of that gets Iowa State. And Iowa, Auburn, the winner of that gets Houston. So it is going to be rough sledding uh, for the SEC. And look, you can you can have a matchup there. I, I think, look, of those eight games, of those eight teams, I think if what do you need? What do you need to? I don't want to say not embarrass yourself. That's the wrong term. Well, what do you need out of those eight to sit there and say, okay, five have to win the opening round. If five of those teams can win in the opening round, I mean, you're tied for the second most teams in the NCAA tournament. So what? If if five of those can win in the first round, if three can get to the Sweet Sixteen, is that success? Three can get to the Sweet Sixteen. If you had to pick three to get to the Sweet 16, who would you pick? You pick Alabama, but then after that, you wouldn't pick Tennessee over Duke. Um, you'd probably pick Kentucky over Kansas State, wouldn't you? And then you mean Missouri over Arizona State. You would pick Arkansas. It'd probably be Mississippi State over Pitt, then Mississippi State over Iowa. No, no, you're but it's asking a lot. It's asking a lot. But again, overall, solid showing. It was a solid, solid year for the SEC. And now, look, if they struggle the NCAA tournament, it doesn't make it a bad year. It, is it a changing of the guard in the conference? I, you know, Alabama wins it. Alabama, just like we talked about over the course of the last 24 months in college football, Georgia has established themselves as the preeminent program in college football. Georgia, it, it, the SEC now goes through Athens. College basketball the SEC now goes through Tuscaloosa. They were the best team in this conference last year. They're the best team in this conference again. The job that Nate Oates has done, the SEC in basketball, now goes through Tuscaloosa. So in a 24-month stretch, not even that, 18-month stretch, the SEC in football always through Tuscaloosa for the better part of a decade. Not anymore. Now basketball goes through Tuscaloosa. Again, Seth Hart from Harpon Sports in for Shane Matthews here. Pot up with Matthews in the morning. If you have any Facebook questions for us, uh, courtesy of Facebook Live, a fire away. Again, and that is, of course, courtesy of Melvin Law. Uh, Melvin Law, the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. And uh, there you go. Of course, I'm joining you courtesy of the Titan MRI hotline. Um, there you go. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Chris writing in the Elite Eight will be SEC free. I Chris, there's no Alabama's not losing before the Elite Eight. 
Yeah. No. I'll, I'll, I, I don't know if they're going to win it, but they're, they're the most complete team in college basketball. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Greg, Seth, have you seen the S, have you seen FAU play? I actually did see them play. I actually did see them play. And, and look, th- this is where things get interesting. When the major upsets happen in this sport, it's not one that everybody collectively agrees on. They're always the ones you don't see coming. They're always the ones that you say to yourself, okay, I don't know about this. Okay. Oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. And when everybody this everybody agrees on this 12-5, things like that don't happen. They don't. The major, major ones that you see are the ones that no Oral Roberts, nobody saw coming. Nobody, nobody grasped these things, right? George Mason, nobody saw coming. Those are the things that, whoa, kind of grab your attention. So I, I, you know, I, I like FAU. I, I think that, well, the problem with this is you look at some, I don't know if I can ever remember a tournament once I saw this bracket that so many teams seated three through five can go to the final four. I, I can't recall a tournament ever looking at it that so many teams can, can three through five can go to the final four. I just think going into these things that, you know, like there's five or six teams that have a legitimate shot to win it. To me, I think, you know, Alabama's the favorite and Kansas, there's teams that are loaded, but I think as many as 15 teams can get to the final four. It's just, it's just a crazy bracket this year in terms of how deep college basketball is through that seating line one through four. I mean, UConn, people are picking UConn, Jay Bill is picking UConn to go to the final four, win it. Pick, people picking Duke to win the national championship. They're four or five seats. Along those lines. So, there you go. Uh, but, again, solid run for the SEC. Looking at Kentucky basketball. Kentucky, or excuse me, looking at Florida Gator basketball. Again, I, I think if you're going to pick two teams in the SEC that get through to the Sweet 16, they're Bama and Kentucky if I had to pick two. Uh, Florida. Florida's going to go to the NIT. They're going to take on UCF Wednesday night in college basketball. Um Good for Todd Golden and the Gators to do this. I know the NIT is something that everybody kind of makes fun of. The NIT is something everybody kind of jokes about. That, oh, there's the NIT. Oh, it's the NIT. And I get it. It's not the NCAA tournament. I get it. It's not. But I look at the NIT in the same vein that I look at the bowl practices that you get. One of the big reasons, and coaches will tell you this all the time, won't they? One of the big reasons. Coaches want to go to bowl games. A, program makes money. But for coaches, B, the big thing is an extra, what, 15 practices? 10 to 15 practices that they get in and they get to see those guys that are going to be, that are sophomores, that are going to be juniors, freshmen are going to be soft. They get to, to, to experiment there a little bit, get to see some things out, get some extra practices in. That's kind of how I look at the NIT. The NIT is essentially what the version of bowl practices are for college basketball. And where Todd Golden is and where this program was this year, it was a team last year, let's face it, that if you really want to get into the fine details, there's not much of a difference between Mike White last year and what Todd Golden did this year in terms of overall productivity and overall scale. But here's the big thing when it comes to this, all right? Mike White was in year what? Seven? Todd Golden was in year one. And what did Mike White do in his first year? He went to the NIT, didn't he? 
He won a game, and then they bowed out. So I'm not trying to say Todd Golden's going to be Mike White. No, no, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is you need these extra reps. Now you get UCF. And then if you beat UCF, you get Oregon, which then that's when the Gators NIT run likely comes to an end at the hands of Oregon. But still, it's one of these things that you can get a couple extra games under your belt. And here's the other thing, too. With the win over UCF, it guarantees Florida doesn't have a losing season. And I know other coaches had success out of the gate. You know, made the NCAA tournament in year one. Not everybody's journey is the same. Some coaches like to get off to a sprint, and then things fade. Remember, when you're building a program, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I always use, you know, there's a couple examples. Look at Charlie Weiss at Notre Dame. Charlie Weiss is a football coach at Notre Dame. They came out guns a-blazing. Look what he did, and then, because he couldn't sustain a winning program. Some guys come in, the talent's there, and they just put a couple things in place, and boom, they have immediate success. And then, there you go. Maybe the best example of a guy that came in and had immediate success, Jim McElwain. Jim McElwain had immediate success at Florida. Immediate success. Wasn't sustainable success, though. Was it? So, uh, again, I'm glad that Todd Golden in Florida is doing this. I don't know how long they're going to last in this thing, but it, but it, it's one of these things that, yeah, uh, Cliff writes in Dan Mullen. Yeah, look, Dan Mullen, three major years. It, Dan Mullen was beating top 10 teams. I don't think uh, Jimmy was doing that. Jimmy was getting scolded. Dan Mullen was competitive against Alabama. Mm, Jimmy Max, not so much. So, again, I, I like the fact that Todd Golden's doing this as opposed to North Carolina. And look, if you want to be North Carolina and you want to play this game and you want to do this where we're not going to play, we're not going to play in the NIT, we're going to take a step back, we're going to focus on the future, that, that's okay. But uh, look, every now and then, you got to be able to have a beer with the boys. And that's what the NIT is. The NIT is having a beer with the boys. And North Carolina is walking around going, I'm not going into this dive bar. I am above this. You start acting like you're better than everybody else. You can be better than everybody else. You can play better than everybody else. You can have better tradition than everybody else. But you start acting like, hey, this is beneath me. Baby, baby, baby. And that's walking the plank. And now North Carolina, by doing this, Look, if they had gone to the NIT, won a couple games, and gotten beat two years, three years from now, nobody would have thought anything of it. What, Xavier won the NIT a couple years ago? Look where they are. And I know North Carolina is one of those top six, seven programs of all time in the history of college basketball. I get it. But when you start to play the game that this is beneath us, we're better than this, we're not going to do this, it just came across, oh, man, it, just, it came across as an echo chamber. And that's it. Take it from a guy that's lived in six different states and worked for six different radio stations in my, I can't believe I'm going to say this, almost 30 years doing this. It's amazing how living, and it's true here in Gainesville too, there's an echo chamber. There's an echo chamber on all these college campuses where somebody goes and talks to one guy in the athletic department, another one, they go, oh yeah, that's good idea, that's good. They don't seek any outside consultation, nobody that can bring in any perspective. There is zero perspective when it comes to athletics on a college campus internally. Zero, none, zip. And that's what happened at North Carolina. Everybody has to have a friend in life. Everybody has to have a buddy that can check them and say, hey, look, man, I don't, I don't think this is a good idea. At major programs, there is nobody that does that. 
That's how you have these monstrous scandals like what Miami had and what Penn State had and way back in the day what SMU has. Well, without Think about college basketball, college basketball, college sports in general. It's why athletic directors don't want a commissioner because the commissioner is going to keep them in line. ADs don't want commission. Come on. Do you think athletic directors in the SEC want a commissioner of college football that's going to hold them accountable? ADs don't want to be held accountable. They want to lurk in the shadows. So do school presidents. And that North Carolina's that's front and center today. Now, I'm not going to get all worked up and they belong. No, no, no. They should have gone to the NIT. They thought it was beneath them. Okay, don't go. It reminds me back in the day when Notre Dame wouldn't go to bowl games. It happened one year after they fired Charlie Weiss. And, like, I almost can kind of get it in football. If a coach is being fired and a new coach is coming in and the assistant has to coach, you kind of get in those positions where I – but this is a guy that went to the national championship game last year in the instant like was preseason number one and bailed. Hubert, not a good look, man. Not, not, not a good look for North Carolina at all. Actually, awful, awful look. Pot up with Matthews in the morning is a service of QC Kinetics. If you have joint pain in your knees, shoulders, hip, or back that won't go away, you need to check out QC Kinetics for long-lasting relief. Not surgery, drugs, or downtime. Schedule your free consultation at QC Kinetics locations in Ocala. Now open in Gainesville as well. Okay. I got news for you. When I saw that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were interested in Baker Mayfield, that tells me that Kyle Trask is not the guy. He's not. If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are bringing in Baker Mayfield, it's to be the starting quarterback. Kyle Trask, you have to look at this from a sheer financial perspective. Finances first. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in salary cap purgatory. They're not in salary cap hell. That's more like the Saints, who are $40 million over. The Bucks are in bad shape when it comes to the cap. They are. So here is your chance to hand the reins over to Kyle Trask, who is in going to be in year three of a rookie deal, and save you some money, at least until you can get things back on track. I look at this with Baker Mayfield coming in, and I was talking with people on Twitter last night about this. I was tweeting things out, and I kept getting tweets like, oh, Baker Mayfield's going to get a uh, uh, a prove-it deal. Some of you guys live in fantasy land with these prove-it deals. When I was in Jacksonville, this used to happen, too, and there were writers. There were writers that were doing this. These are members of the media, like with uh, Allen Robinson after he tore his ACL. Oh, yeah, I give him a prove-it deal, one year, $7 million. He's not going to take that. Why would he take that? When the market's going to be $15 million per for him, which it ended up being, he's going to take a one-year $8 million proven deal. That's you thinking as a fan, how do I manipulate this situation? Not you thinking as a businessman. And I got news for you. Baker Mayfield is not signing with the Bucks for less than two years, $30 bucks. He's not doing it. And I'm being nice. I think Baker Mayfield's going to want more like three years, 50, at least. At least. If you're Tampa, 
financially you have to do a deal like that so you can spread the money across it just because of where you are salary cap wise. You're not getting out of a Baker Mayfield deal. You're not for what it could end up being like a two year, 30, $3 million deal with 25 million of it guaranteed 15 this year and 10 year next. That's the type of deal Baker Mayfield will get in Tampa. And if you're paying Baker Mayfield, 15 million, 10, 15 million a year, it's to be your starting quarterback. Like, well, they're going to bring him in to compete and bring a team that's $10 million above the cap is not spending $15 million on a quarterback for him to be the backup. Say it out loud. There's no way they're going to do that. Now, look, if you're talking about legitimate bringing guys in to compete, bringing guys in to push, if you will, then you start to think of guys like who? You start to think of guys like Sam Darnold. You start to think of guys like, depending on what happens, if Ryan Tannehill gets cut by the Titans. Uh, Guys that can come in that – that can compete. That's what you start to think of. And I want to say like the Joshua Johnson, Carson Wentz. Those are the guys that if you're going to bring in guys to create the illusion of a quarterback competition with Trask, those are the type of guys you bring in. Baker Mayfield's not one of them. So I'm telling you, they're bringing Baker Mayfield in and he's coming in to start. He's going to be the starter. Could Trask beat him out? I, I Maybe. But I have no idea what Kyle Trask can do. No idea what he can do. And if you are bringing in Baker Mayfield to compete with Kyle Trask and paying him $15 million a year, you, you, you don't know what you're doing. It just doesn't make sense. So, But here's the thing. At this point in time, there's so many smoke screens when it comes to free agency, so many dips and dodges and twerks and trying to get people to hook, line, and sinker when it comes to this. So I, anything that I hear over the course of the next month, I don't – I don't believe until I see them sign the contract. Oh, so-and-so's interested. So-and-so's interested. Oh, so-and-so's on the market. I do know that the Panthers moved up to one. They're going to draft a quarterback. Who's that quarterback going to be? I don't know. Anybody tells you it's going to be Bryce Young. It's going to be, it could be. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. I think it'd be one of those two. I don't think it'll be Levis. I don't think they'll come up there for that. But I just thought this stuff was, I thought this was absolutely, if you're a Trask guy, it's absolutely knee bending. I mean, it's like somebody went up and smacked you in the back of the knee and your knee collapsed a little bit today. When you saw, when I saw the Baker Mayfield and the Bucks were, I don't know if talking is the wrong word, when, when that discussion was taking place, because it's going to be a multiple year deal. Baker's not going to, why, why would he sign a one-year $8 million deal? Why would he do that? It could be multiple years. And it could be a prove-it contract, you're right. It could be a team-friendly contract, you're right. But Baker's not going to sign anywhere for, uh, under multiple years. And this is where you look back on it. This is where Tampa got themselves a little bit of a bind with Tom Brady. Because year one with Trask backing up Blaine Gabbert, Third string, what? Fine, but last year they needed to make a decision whether or not, okay, Kyle Trask is the guy. He needs to be the backup now, and then we can take that next step. This year, so Baker Mayfield in Tampa—that that's not good news for Kyle Trask. Uh, Cliff, right again, courtesy Melton Law Facebook Live. 
How long do you think Hubert will last at North Carolina? <laughs> um, do you think they'll consider Jerry Stackhouse? Yeah, he was, he was just in the national championship game last year. I think he's fine. He's just in the national title game. And John Shire closing the year at Duke this year is what Hubert did last year at North Carolina. So this stuff all, you know, ebb and flow, ebb and flow, ebb and flow. I, you know, he can't miss the NCAA tournament three years in a row. So he's got one under his belt. If he'd miss it next year, then he'd be in a little bit of hot water. But will they consider Jerry? Maybe. I mean, they are definitely that, what do they call it, the Tar Heel Mafia. They have that mindset, everything stays in-house, everything stays in-house. Um, I, yeah. I don't know where your and Wojciechowski didn't work out at Marquette, right? I don't know where your guys are all spread out. Dawkins at, down down the road. He wouldn't come back, would he? I don't know if you'd do that. But yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, again, Seth Harp, Harp on Sports in for Shane Matthews. Pot up with Matthews in the morning here on this Monday. Went through and looked at the NCAA tournament. I thought it was a good showing for the SEC. A lot of tough second-round matchups. I think of the eight teams, two teams. Uh, I think if you're picking teams to get to the Sweet 16, the safest bet, of course, is Alabama. And then Kentucky. I think Alabama and Kentucky in the position that they're in. A&M got a tough draw at Penn State. Penn State is red hot. Red hot. If there's any injustice, it's not that Vanderbilt got burned and got left out. If anybody's upset, SEC fans should be upset that A&M got a seven seed. That was a conference runner-up. They won 15 games in the conference. The conference had Alabama as the winner. It showed you that the committee respected the SEC as all of the conference to be in the tournament, but they didn't respect the SEC to be title contenders outside of Alabama. And let's face it, right? I, I think we look at this and we say to ourselves, the SEC, every other conference has multiple teams that could win a national title. Nah, the Big Ten. In Indiana, I don't know if Indiana can. It's Purdue or nothing. There's other good teams in there, but I don't know if title winner. I don't know. Outside of Purdue, if there is one. I mean, Michigan State can, can get to the Sweet 16, but look, Alabama's the only team in the SEC that can win a title. The Pac-12's got UCLA, Arizona. Those Both of those teams could win championships. Heck, the Big 12's got, what, three? Texas could win a title. Kansas could win a title. I mean, could Baylor win a title? Could Kansas State see the Big 12? It's loaded. And then the ACC, I mean, I don't know. Can Virginia win one? We know Duke can. Virginia's another team that got low-balled when it came to their seeding. They end up with a five. So tough. A lot of good teams this year. Like I said, I can't ever remember an NCAA tournament that deep in the, like, three to six seeding range. Loaded. By the way, before we wrap this up, Jack Caglione, well, I mean, what he's doing, Gator baseball, it's remarkable. Um, and I, I said this two weeks ago today. I said it on the program that they should do something special for him there. I suggested take the right field berm and turn it into Jack's pack. Let students in there pack it out, let them have T-shirts, turn it into a party zone out there. And in two weeks, they haven't done anything. I guess 
Florida's generational baseball, you know, Mississippi State. Everybody talks about the atmosphere at Mississippi State and how it's so awesome. And the atmosphere at LSU, it's so awesome. And the atmosphere at Florida is what? You have a generational player. And you're going to do what for him? You're going to watch him play for two years. Watch him. Look at him. Wow. There's a chance the university could do so many cool things with Jack Caglione. What? I guess we're just going to sit back and watch him play for a couple years and not turn it into an event. Too bad. All right, here we go. Thanks to Shane. Thanks to everybody involved. Appreciate it as always. I got to get out of here again. Seth Harp, Harp on Sports. Thanks for hanging out with us here. I'll be back tomorrow. And I know Shane will be back tomorrow as well as we get you into the later stages of the week. So there you go. Everybody, enjoy your Monday. Appreciate it. This has been Pot Up with Matthews in the morning.